Hey everybody, this is Nate Bucati starting our live reaction to our... Well, let's make sure that I'm going to turn down my own phone so that we don't get echoes here. This is Nate Bucati live on Twitter Spaces. Technological wizard. Uh, not quite as adept at uh, technology as the United States are at clearing headers out of the penalty area in the final moments of a crucial win over Iran. One nil as they move on to the knockout rounds of the 2022 World Cup. This is our soccer capital of America content series, whether it's Twitter spaces, whether it's our podcast. And by the way, if you haven't had a chance to listen to our podcast preview of this USA versus Iran match, even though the game is done and dusted, go back and listen to it because we had a wonderful interview with Diego Gutierrez, who is no doubt celebrating like crazy in Qatar right now with the United States men's national team as they get a big, big 1-0 win over Iran. I've got Chad Reynolds with me. I've got Connell McCourt. I've got Ali Trost-Martin. And we'll try to paint the picture for you here from, again, the greatest watch parties in the entire United States of America right here in the soccer capital as we had another amazing crowd down here in the Power and Light District for the United States in a crucial win or go home scenario with all kinds of socio-political um, questions and issues hanging over this thing and not to mention just the pressure in the future of the sport in America and all of those other things at stake. And boy, was it a stressful one and we'll unpack it for you now. The uh, United States get a 1-0 victory today on a Christian Pulisic goal. I still believe they should have had a 2-0 win today because it sure appeared to me that Tim Weah was onside on a absolutely clinical finish that he put in the bottom corner that was disallowed because of offside. Chad Reynolds tells me it was the right call. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about many other things as well as we continue. But I want to take us all the way back to the beginning of the watch party down here. You can probably tell that my voice is a little hoarse right now from a lot of screaming and yelling on stage. Uh, maybe we'll see if we can get that Irish colloquialism from Connell earlier on how tight and tense he was during the course of this game. But <clears throat> this this is a little niche, but I think it's just one of those moments. Like to me, the thing about sports that I love so much is you get these little snapshots from these moments that you never forget the rest of your life. And we're a crew here, Chad and Connell and Allie and I and our entire Sporting Kansas City marketing team that have been backstage here. We're doing this from the green room right behind the stage at the Power and Light District today. And I've been an absolute, I'm just going to be honest, I've been an absolute nervous wreck uh, for this game ever since we knew what the stakes were and we knew the United States had to win. We knew that Iran most likely only needed a draw. And uh, I I've just been worrying myself sick about this game because of the opportunity. Ali Trost Martin comes into the green room as I'm slamming a, a Coors Light <laughs> just to try to calm my nerves before this game way too early in the morning for one of those. And she's got this really big smile on her face and she says the lineup's out. And the first thing I think when I see it is, okay, we've all been wondering who's going to be the number nine, you know, what changes are we going to see? And I could tell that she, whatever this changes in the lineup is going to make me happy, the way, or at least it's made Allie very happy. And then she starts to read it down, and the third name on the list 
is Celtic FC center back Cameron Carter Vickers. And I realize to the average American, that means absolutely bubkis, you know, but to me and Colin McCourt, who became friends how many years ago now, Colin? I don't even know. It was 2018. Okay, four years ago plus because of our shared weird affinity of Celtic FC. It's not weird for Connell because he's from Belfast. It's weird for me because I'm from Kansas City, Kansas. But we've been Celtic fans for quite some time. And Cameron Carter Vickers has been an absolute stud for Celtic. And we've been talking about how he's the kind of guy that you need in a match like today where you're going to have the majority of the possession and you need some guys that can really play the ball calmly out of the back. But more than anything, it was just this weird point of connection. And so Chad and Connell were getting ready to do the live pregame show as we were getting ready to go on stage. And I just ran over to the booth where they were doing the show we sang a couple of Celtic songs together. We gave each other a big hug, and I just felt like that was the omen that I needed to make myself feel like everything was going to be okay today. And uh, Chad looked at the two of us like we were a couple of weirdos, which we are. But uh, I came bouncing back in here, and um, man, was was it just the start of a really, really emotional day here, Chad Reynolds. I don't know what your snapshot is. I don't even know if this thing's still going because your phone's gone black on me now. So you grab it and you take it from here. No, we're still working. I'm, I'm, I'm monitoring. Uh, Nate, I, that moment in, when, when you burst into the room and you, the two of you celebrated, and I had already told Connell that, that Cameron Carter Vickers was starting and he goes, you're shitting me, right? <laughs> you know, he, he thought I was messing with him because we have, we, how many conversations about Cameron Carter Vickers have we had over the last like, couple of months? And we weren't sure he was going to make this squad, let alone play an important role in a big match. And guys, he was really good today. He was really, really good. Uh, Nate, actually, my snapshot of this match will be about the 35th minute. Wait, when did, when did Pulisic score? What minute was that? Well, I need to get up my box. Just before half-time. It was just before halftime. It was it was it was after that. So at about the thirty fifth minute, you were up on the stage and I was standing next to the stage, and you looked down at me and I looked up at you. And about the same time, we were both like, "I'm a nervous wreck," or some version of the same sentence. And Allie was standing right there with Mayor guys. Mayor Quentin Lucas was here today. How cool was that? We all got to hang out with Mayor Mayor Q a little bit. Um, Allie and I both got hugs. Humble brag um, as he left. Um, but like Nate and I looked at each other and we both were just like. I'm an absolute wreck right now or something to that effect. That'll be my snapshot of today because that was my state from the moment the whistle blew to the moment the whistle blew, including I thought he might be whistling for a penalty when he blew the whistle for the final end of the match because the Iranian players were, were asking for it. So this was a pins and needles match. Um, and, and, and it was it, it, like the whole thing from the beginning. And and the phrase, we joked about it in here post-match. The, the old English phrase, I don't know if it's an old English phrase, one of my favorite British phrases, squeaky bum time, sticks with me because whole, like everything about the second half of squeaky bum time, it felt like we were holding on. But we held on and we we're on the round of 16 and I could care less because we're in the round of freaking 16 in the World Cup. Saturday morning, 9 o'clock, the United States versus Netherlands right here at uh, the Power and Light District. We'll be doing the watch party again. It's going to be absolutely insane. If you have a voice. 38th – oh, I'll recover. 38th minute, Christian Pulisic goal. Allie, 
take me to that moment. By the way, I will say there was about a 0.7 second moment where I wasn't squeaky bum. And that's when I thought Tim Weah's goal actually stood. And for that moment, I thought, oh, we're going to cruise in this game. And it lasted about that long. But Ali, let's go to the moment. 38th minute, Christian Pulse. And by the way, predicted Christian Pulisic. Oh, I'm I just spit on you. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm too excited right now. I predicted Christian Pulisic uh, before the game on stage with you. Take me to that moment and what was going through your mind. Well, what a run by Christian Pulisic. I mean, just everything about the way that that goal was scored. And of course, the person who puts it in the back of the net. There was so much talk going into this World Cup about the role that Christian Pulisic would play. And when you look back on this group stage now with both goals that the U.S. scored across those three games coming from their two wingers who I thought had, you know, a great game today, both Tim Weah and Christian Pulisic, just a shame that Weah's goal didn't stand. But I, I think for Pulisic, just the run and then to put his body on the line. I mean, I, I think the only reason uh, maybe the celebration was a little bit muted for a lot of people because everyone was kind of holding their breath a little bit once they realized that the man on the ground was Christian Pulisic there, but, you know, left the game with an abdominal injury. He went to a hospital for scans. So hopefully nothing too serious and he's okay to go come Saturday. But even if not, I think there's a lot of confidence now seeing how well Brennan Aronson came into the match and played for the United States of America. But I, I mean, just that goal and it, it was beautiful. That, that was, it was, it was a otherwise perfect goal other than Christian Pulisic going to the ground. And, you know, I think for the U S what makes me a little timid now going into the to the knockout rounds is just the fact that they haven't really been very clinical around goal. Um, you know, just two goals in three games and not showing maybe as much, um, you know, prowess around around you know around the net and in the box. But man, some of that buildup looked really good today. Uh, getting into the final third, especially in that first half before they eventually went to a back five there in the second to kind of close out the game. But um, a lot to be excited about. And at the end of the day, they went and got the job done. And that was what they needed to do. They needed a win to move on. They get the win. And now you refocus and you look ahead to the Netherlands on Saturday. So a lot to be excited about, but Captain America, Christian Pulisic, giving the United States the edge that they needed in this game. And man, he'll, no matter what happens for the U.S. the rest of the way, he will always be remembered for what he did in this game to send the U.S. on to the next round. We certainly hope he's okay. Abdominal injury. He's headed uh, apparently to a local hospital in Qatar to be looked at. Uh, just for anybody that wants to know context on that, don't be too alarmed just because of that news. I remember in the 2014 World Cup, Matt Beasler pulled his hamstring and went to a hospital to make sure that it was taken uh, taken care of. And he played and started in every game at that World Cup, even with the pulled hamstring. So just because he's going to the hospital doesn't necessarily mean that it's serious, but we will find out what the story is on Captain America as time goes on. All right, Connell, my man, this, this dude, uh, you know, and I, one of the things I love so much about Connell McCourt, uh, in addition to his amazing turns of phrase that and the things we've never heard him say before, embracing America, uh, the way that he has ever since the moment he got here. One of the things I loved about Connell, he interned at our radio station at sports radio, a 10 years ago, working a full-time job, uh, getting up before that to come intern on our morning show, then showing up to work two hours later than normal. And then therefore staying two hours later at night and going to college in the evenings. And, uh, I remember Tim Grunhardt asked him, 
So how do you like it in America? And he said, this is brilliant. I'd never have this type of opportunity back home. And that is the mentality of a person who appreciates life in America when many of us take it for granted. So I want to ask it to you in that context, buddy, for you to come here to this country. Did you ever envision yourself being a part of a scene like this in the sport of soccer that you grew up loving so much? I mean, that makes me sound like a martyr, like, but I... I'm a bandwagoner. I'm just, yes, yes, we're doing well. Come on. Because, I mean, like I said, this is a big deal. Ireland have got to, I have seen Ireland get to a knockout stage of a World Cup once in my life, 2002. So it's a massive, like I can't really overstate how big of a, a deal it is to kind of go through. And this is, since I've been here, it's kind of, this is my team now, I guess. Well, Ireland's not going to be anywhere near it. So this is my adopted country. And, like just seeing what it means to everyone, you kind of get swept up in it, and it's I don't know, it's amazing. The I've been pretty critical of Bearhalter and the team. I think a, a bit overcritical at times, but they got a spot on today. Every every decision I think he made today, I think he got a hundred percent right. Sergeant, I thought done a job. Carter Verschman, I thought done a job. Even when it was time to shut up shop and they were trying to go for a second goal, no, that. I think he made the right calls. Zimmerman came in, headed everything clear. There could have been a block of cement flat in there and he would have headed it anyway. So all all that <laughs> that wasn't a turn of phrase. That wasn't that was it was just they're an easy team to root for in a way. Because it's kind of backs are against the wall. They don't really have a recognized number nine. They're a bunch of kids. Honestly, when you take away grandpa Tim Ream from the team. Youngest, youngest squad to play a match in the tournament. Even with 35-year-old old-ass Tim. Right, and just like the, for lack of a better term, the balls they showed, like the guts that they showed, they were brave on the ball, to even the defenders taking the ball out, trying to make things happen over and over. It wasn't just conservative, trying to play it back. Every time Jedi Robinson or Des got the ball, they were bombing forward with the ball with a purpose to try and to try and get a goal, to try and get in front, and to try and win this game. And honestly, you've seen what it meant to everyone out there. This thing only happens every four years. This isn't, sorry to talk down about the Super Bowl or anything like that. Those things happen every year. Every four years is the World Cup. This is your chance. If you miss this chance, you're out. It's gone. You don't get it for another four years. Maybe you don't even qualify. Well, obviously, the U.S. don't have to worry about that since it's here next time. But (laughs) this thing comes around every four years, and you could see that out there. Every one of them, every one of those fans, supporters, what you want to call them, they kicked and headed and... Blocked every ball for those 90 minutes with that team. They were with the team the whole way. And you seen what it meant to them at the end there when they won. The U.S. are through. Well, you put in this context. When I was unable to sleep last night with nerves, going through social media, which is always a great way to calm yourself down and go to sleep. Um, at one point, I looked at what was trending on Twitter and the video of Tyler Adams. So, so remarkably composed answering the questions from the Iranian state media uh, at his press conference yesterday at that point in time last night had 2.9 million views just on Twitter and having conversations with friends of mine who are not diehard soccer fans, even some who are moderate soccer fans. And my, my son, who's a seventh grader in middle school who said that yesterday at lunch, 
when he had the Brazil game up on his device in the lunchroom, by the end of the lunch hour, every single kid in the lunchroom was gathered around watching the match. Mm -hmm. Think about how many million Americans know who Tyler Adams is now that didn't know who he was just 48 hours ago. The opportunity now to build on that, going into a Saturday morning game, Stand alone, not up against any other massive sporting event, no college football, no NFL. You are going, I mean, because this, these, this crowd we had here today was on a work day. What is today? Tuesday. I don't even on a Tuesday at one o'clock in the afternoon. And it's generating this type of buzz for every one of these young Americans. This is a stage, this is a shop window that has never been afforded to them before. And I think that's why those of us who do care so much find ourselves uh, invested in this moment, like you said, Connell, because this, this is the type of thing that only happens once every four years. And for these guys, it's the first time that it's ever happened. Remember, Christian Pulisic was crying in the shower down in Trinidad and Tobago as the only one of the young players on this team who was on the field when they failed to qualify for the last World Cup. So, of course, he was able to, he was willing to sacrifice his entire body to try to score that goal here today. But this, uh, this moment in time, uh, to, to crystallize what you're saying is a moment in which we get to see these guys get put on the map. And so let's talk about some of the individual performances we saw here today. I want to see the analytics on how much ground Tyler Adams covered. That dude was running faster and further and with more purpose than anybody on the field in the 89th minute, while other subs had come into the game that you were hoping would give you that kind of energy. I, I can't say enough about what Tyler Adams has meant to this team for these three games. Obviously, Christian Pulisic had an amazing game. I'm looking at some of the numbers on the game that Sergio Dest had, by the way. And, Connell, you and I talked about it during the course of the game. If they were going to beat Iran by scoring a goal, it was coming from the fullbacks. Robinson and Dest were absolute nightmares for the fullbacks of Iran. He drew the numbers on Dest. 88% passing accuracy, 74 touches, 7 ball recoveries. That's the part of the game that I think he deserves credit for because you know he's got quality going forward. Six final third entries, four duels won, four clearances, two shots, two touches in the opponent's box, one interception, and the game-winning assist. Serginio Dest <laughs> brought it today, Chad Reynolds. Who who stood out to you from some of the performers in this one? I, I mean, look, Tyler Adams is the easy one because we, we talked about this. We joked about this. The old Bob Gansler, one of my favorite sayings in the, the history of the sport. If he stuck a paintbrush up his ass, he'd cover every field, every blade of grass in red, right? Tyler Adams was everywhere again today. And in fact, Nate, you and I have one of those, another moment where we thought Tyler Adams had picked up a yellow card that was his second yellow of the tournament and was going to keep him out of the round of 16. That's not the case. He's, he's going to play against the Netherlands. He is so important to what the U.S. does. He's so calm. He's so composed. He breaks everything up. And, oh, by the way, when Serginio Dest and Jedi Robinson go bombing down the wings like they need to for this U.S. team to create chances, who's their cover? Tyler freaking Adams every single time. And on more than five occasions today that I can recall, I looked up and I said, oh, no, it's Medi Turimi running at us. We're okay. Tyler Adams has gotten there. And like Tyler Adams was amazing. 
Um, Christian Pulisic, obviously, the sacrifice, the the involuntary vasectomy that he <laughs> he may have he may have suffered to get to score that goal um, was 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 really good. Eunice Musa. This was Yunus Musa's coming out party today. How good was Yunus Musa carrying the ball against the defense that wanted to sit in, but also wanted to counter. He broke things up. He, you got everything you can want from a two way box to box midfielder out of Yunus Musa today. That kid's, is he 20 yet? Did he just turn 20 today? Or I mean, like today is his birthday. That's insane. How good is Yunus Musa going to be in 2026? when he's 24 years old and he's got four more years of experience, because guess what? He bottled up Jude Bellingham four days ago. Jude Bellingham, by the way, a hundred million dollar player, arguably the most sought after midfielder in the world right now was nothing against the United States because Yunus Musa was so good. And then he's not on the score sheet, but he might've been the best player on the field today for the United States in a match that got them, into the round of 16 in the World Cup. How good was Yunus Musa for the last two matches? I think, I mean, you could give just about every guy on the field uh, an A performance or better. And, you know, for me, I loved seeing Josh Sargent in, like, the late stages of this game, all the way back, right outside the United States box, getting into tackles, trying to clear the ball away and just putting in that effort because that's what you need in in this game. And just the way that the U.S. closed it out, the focus, I, I think the biggest criticism of them in this group stage is the way that they lost the lead against Wales. And you just didn't get the same sense. There were some nervy moments. Do not get me wrong. I just about had a heart attack <laughs> uh, on a couple of occasions, but you just didn't get that same sense because it you could see the commitment, I think, from so many guys out on the field. And I, I also, too, just, you know, Nate, as you were talking about and Connell and Chad, just the crowd here and what this means and everything, it, it like... I had a moment where I was like thinking to myself today, how much we missed out on not qualifying in the last world cup. Like it really is so important. And you talk about Ireland and, and not having that as a, a frequent experience in your life to, you know, see your team either qualify for the world cup or advance. Like no matter what happens from, from now, from now on, this was a huge success for the United States and is such a momentum builder looking at 2026. And it's also such like a unifying thing for the country after a couple of years now where there have been so many things that have done the complete opposite of unify people. Like I felt so damn patriotic today. <laughs> Let me tell you that much. Like there, I think is just something about seeing your team and your country compete in a, in a world cup. That is just really special. And I, man, like, again, there are so many players. I'm, I'm really excited to see the lineup that comes out for Saturday's game. Christian Pulisic, if you haven't seen it yet, hop on Twitter. There is a, a post going around that he posted on Snapchat saying, you know, from his hospital bed, getting these scans. Again, not something to have too much concern about. And Christian Pulisic certainly doesn't want people to have a lot of concern. Um, he the caption of this photo is so effing proud of my guys. I'll be ready Saturday. Don't worry. Uh, with a lot of praying hand emojis and hearts. So true to his generation, <laughs> true to his generation, Christian Pulisic posting news on Snapchat. Hey, you know what? we said that these guys were young. Okay. This is a young team. Uh, they're doing exactly as you would expect. And uh, man, just what a day. 
Uh, credit to Pulisic. He's actually going to get me on Snapchat now, which is uh, something that I didn't even think uh, anybody could could possibly make happen. Um, guys, I, I do want to bring up, I guess, one question, and maybe maybe this is is silly to, to lean negative, um, you know, on on a night like tonight. But I just I just wonder, do we need to make it so hard on ourselves after we get up one nil? <laughs> You know, I, I, and I don't, I'm a genuine question because I was thinking while watching that game, it's like, man, we were better than Wales. How did we ever let Wales have so much um, ability to put us in dangerous positions that came down to a penalty? And in that second half, weren't you guys sure they were going to call a penalty when yes. they went to, when, when they were checking that play? And every time a ball came into the penalty area, you just, you're all of a sudden left to the whimsy of a bouncing ball. And I, I, as you said, Connell, I, th I thought the substitution of Zimmerman, brilliant. I mean, he won every header that, that came within a 20-yard area of him. All those things. And, and I didn't think Iran really ever had a great chance, but they had some half chances. And I understand the game's going to change once you score that goal. Iran's got to come out and play, but do we got to make it so hard on ourselves? I honestly can picture a situation where the United States go out and get a one-goal lead against the Netherlands. If we invite that kind of pressure forward on ourselves against them, they're going to score. Is there something else we can do when we get up a goal? I don't think so, mate. I think it's – honestly, I think it's – look, you're at elite-level sport here. You're you're playing the best of the best. You're playing the best from every country. And I think a lot of it's subconscious. When you go 1-0 up, you go out in the second half – Automatically, they're just thinking, right? Let's let's drop 20, 20 feet, twenty yards deeper, just and kind of just suck us up, and we'll try and hit them. And look, it worked. It paid off. Every team, the best teams in the world, sometimes are under the caution, have to defend. Sometimes, yeah, defending's part of the game as well. Iran were always going to go for it because at that point they had literally nothing to lose. They could not. All they could do is score and go through. So they had to throw everything at it. And the US were just look. We'll have to step back and look. The way those boys were throwing themselves in front of every single ball, some of those boys, Tyler Adams, Eunice Musa, they were they were given off like it was almost a, a privilege to watch them play. Pulisic as well. Pulisic was you could tell that that kid has the entire nation's dreams on his shoulders because he is Mister America. He is the guy who can make it happen. He's the one that's going to score, and he is like you know what? Yep, bring it on. I'll take that on his shoulders the way they were throwing themselves in front of every single ball it was very very easy to root for and you're always going to invite that pressure look if you play against Brazil you get a 1-0 lead you're not going to still be attacking against Brazil it's just they're going to be on you you're going to have to defend the defenders are going to have to do their job and Matt Turner is going to have to stay cool calm and collected which a lot of the time he does so I don't think it's a bad thing that they had so much opportunities I think Bear Halter was being pragmatic. He's saying, look, they're going to throw everything at this. We just have to defend. There's no point in me bringing on another striker and trying to nick something and win this 2-0. Sit back and we'll try it. It didn't work against Wales because of a, a lapse in judgment. This, today, he took a gamble and it paid off. And for that, I think he has to have credit. Nate, to answer your question, like, like I'm, I'm, I'm with Connell. I don't, I don't know that there's a lot you can change mostly because of the makeup of this squad. What this squad is lacking late in the match 
is the ability to possess the ball through the midfield and slow a match down that way. We know they don't have a nine. We saw Haji Wright left a lot to be desired for me today. Ali, you and I already talked about it. Left a lot to be desired for killing off a match, right? First off, it's the 90, what, third, sixth minute. The last freaking thing you can possibly do is hit a ball, a slow ball, right into the goalkeeper's hands, and he does it, right? Go to the freaking corner, kill this match off. You're a big body, take the foul. If your nine isn't going to do that, you have to have a midfielder who can kill the game off. You took Weston McKinney off in, what, the 75th minute? So who's killing this game off? Who's possessing through the midfield for the United States at that, that point in the match? That's where they, I think, are lacking is a like-for-like like substitution. You've got Kellen Acosta who can come on. Acosta came on for, I think Acosta's good in possession. I think he's been great this year for LAFC. He's not a kill the match off kind of player. You need you need Weston McKinney to have forty more minutes in his legs. You know, um, but that said, I, I I look back at this and I go, hang on. The U.S. just finished second in this group. That's fine. You advanced. You give up one goal in two hundred and seventy minutes of soccer, and it's a penalty kick on a self inflicted wound. By the way, penalty kick, as somebody pointed out. To an MLS player. The only goal you gave up was to an MLS striker. And it's a penalty kick. How good was the U.S. defense? Yes, it's a lot of emergency defending. How good was the U.S. defense through this entire thing? Yeah, you only scored two goals. But looking at the early odds for this match, I don't know if you guys have seen this. The early odds pre... So these are the pre-regulation odds for... Or sorry, pre-final whistle odds for um, U.S. Netherlands. USA plus 400 to win that match but only plus 210 to advance to the quarterfinals. So what does that tell you about what the bookies think? It's, it's almost a like a two-to-one shot that the bookies think the U.S. can get through with a draw and then win an extra time or in penalties. That's what the bookies right now are rating this U.S. defense. The U.S. defense has been very good. As much emergency at times as it has felt, Matt Turner... Did he have a whole lot to do today? Came out, won some balls in the air. Did he have a save? I genuinely don't know. I'll have to look yeah. up the stats. He, he he did, but it was a relatively comfortable one, if I remember correctly. Um, guys, I want to bring up another topic here real quick. Uh, I, I'm looking at the Twitter timeline right now. Brian Scaretta uh, tweeted this out. There's a person named Kelly G. Niknejad, who is uh, a person who's reported on goings-on in Iran for quite some time. Residents of buildings in Tehran cheering the United States goal, chanting America, America. She's posting videos of it all over the place. People in Iran cheering against Iran's government team. I just find that fascinating. I don't know what it must have been like to be an Iranian player in this match today when we have reports that they were facing death threats uh, for their family and torture of their family if they didn't sing their national anthem. We watched them sing. They all sang the national anthem today with complete stone faces and zero emotion no passion. whatsoever. Well, they didn't sing it at all two games ago, right. and, and, and reportedly they've had their families threatened if they didn't sing it this time around. So they got to go out there and carry that with them. And meanwhile, people back in Tehran, and this doesn't mean everybody, but there are videos being posted of people all over in the apartment buildings in Tehran cheering for the United States in this victory. I just want to point that out because that's a fascinating sub story to this entire thing. All right, let's move on to the Netherlands real quick. 
9 a.m. Central Time, <laughs> middle of the afternoon in Qatar. The young Americans who have gone to the jungles of Central America to play versus the Dutch, who are one of those European sides. I'm actually all for this game being played in the hottest possible conditions that you could think of. We've talked to, Ali, enough European guys who have come over to the, uh, to the United States and had to play in the summer here in Kansas City. I'll take that as an advantage. What are you thinking about as you get ready for this game Saturday morning? I just keep going back to what um, Diego Gutierrez told us the other day. And that is just, you know, this, this team is so young and they almost, they don't even know what to fear because they haven't, they haven't had a lot of that experience yet. And I think for the U S really like, you know, the only real expectation I think on them going into this world cup was to get out of the group. You did that. You know, maybe not everybody felt that for them, but I, I'd say if you had asked and polled most Americans, what what's your expectation for the United States in this World Cup? I would guess that the majority would say, get out of the group. You did that now. Everything else, you're kind of playing with house money. I think that there's still high expectations on them, but all of that said, you can play even more fearless now, in my opinion, if you're the United States and you're, you're the guys on the field wearing the jersey. Now, this is the first game that they'll play in the middle of the afternoon. We we've heard and we've seen just by checking you know, the weather that at night it, it cools down quite a bit. There's still a little bit of humidity, like 70% plus. If you're from the Kansas City area and listening to this, you're like, oh yeah, that, uh, that sounds pretty familiar to me. And that's going to be familiar to a lot of the guys wearing, um, you know, the Jersey for the United States. So I think as we've talked about, if there is any sort of weather related advantage, it's going to be, an advantage for the United States. And I, that is just simply not a concern for me. And also seeing the way in which they closed out this game with so many guys completely busting ass, like through the final minutes of this game, like so long as, you know, you got a few days now to recover region, get ready. I, they've got it in them. They've got it in them from the, the mentality standpoint that you have to have to just push yourself through any aches, pains, knocks, whatever to, to close it out. And they've also got the advantage um, when it comes to the weather. So that's what I'm, you know, feeling really confident about is that I do think, um, especially coming off of, of this game, you could just kind of get the sense for them to get this win and do exactly what they needed to do to move on that it, it gave the team a whole shot in the arm. Christian Pulisic's face in that selfie said it all to me. Like I can feel exactly what emotions they're feeling just looking at his face in that photo and it was his it was his landon donovan moment really wasn't it he he knew that he was getting clobbered when he was going into that ball if it wasn't for the goalkeeper it was two defenders right behind him who were ready to smash him if he was ready to take a touch in that ball and he was like you know what no guts no glory and <laughs> Eventually, it paid off for him. Going on to Holland, I think what I think as an interesting point, actually, what Chad said about the longer this game goes, the more it favors the the younger, hungrier US team. And you're going to if you can nullify Holland early doors, stop the likes of Gakpo, stop the likes of Frankie De Jong, getting getting the ball and giving service into Bergvine and and. Uh, and Gakpo up front, I think he can do a job. I think he'd probably go with a similar lineup that he went with today, uh, just try and stretch them a little bit. But you can nullify them early the longer this game goes on. I think as uncomfortable it is for all of your hearts and for our nerves, I think that's it suits the U.S. more than it suits Holland. 
So the big question I have uh, around Holland as we as we start to wrap up here and think ahead rather than back is Josh Sargent healthy and available. He came off with what looked like a pretty tough injury today. At one point we thought it was an ankle. Now it looks like it might be a knee injury because he caught himself weird. Came out Haji. Guys, Haji Wright does not look like the answer, and he hasn't looked like the answer for two matches now. Who's the answer if 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 Josh Sargent can't go? Because I I agree with you what you said earlier, Connell. Sargent was better today, and he was he was more active, and he was a part of it. Didn't get on the end of anything, but he did a good job at times of of helping things happen. Um, is it Jesus Ferreira, or is it time to start looking at Gio Reyna, Timo Weah, whatever it is? And we know that 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 Berhalter's been. Uh, opposed to that thus far, but I think that'll be the big question is what does this lineup look like? If Polisic's healthy, he's out there. Brennan Aronson was really good when he came on and, and and you might argue other than the goal better than Christian Polisic at times. Aronson was excellent. His work rate is insane. And, you know, Tyler Adams is covering every ability to grass, but Brennan Aronson is pressing the hell out of the opponent and, and, and causing havoc. So I'm, I'm super interested to see what that lineup looks like. I just don't know what you, what you do. The Netherlands, they've got, for my money, the best defender in the world, and Virgil van Dijk. <laughs> Not Ake. Oh, that was a hell of a note right there. Um, but, like, I think they've got issues at goalkeeper. They clearly have issues in the midfield because they rotated today. They can't decide if it's Coupe Minors or if it's – or Frankie de Jong finally got on the score sheet today but has not been good this World Cup. But Cody Gakpo has been excellent. Memphis Depay does not look healthy. He's the guy everybody was counting on. Gakpo has got three goals in three matches. He scares me. But I look at this Netherlands team and I go, this team is beatable because they have a lot of the same kinds of issues that the U.S. has. And they've got some questions in places. They might have questions in more important places. There's no question in my mind about the United States midfield right now. MMA have been fantastic. The Netherlands doesn't know what their midfield makeup is. And that's kind of scary if I'm the head coach of the Netherlands. Well, their defensive record was as good in the group stages as the United States. They they got a 2-0 win over Senegal. I'm just pointing it out, Connell. They had a 2-0 win over Senegal. Uh, they had a 1-1 draw against Ecuador, and then they had the 2-0 win against Qatar today. And, yes, Qatar uh, was not much for this uh, for this competition. Um, Virgil van Dyke, for those that don't know, I guess if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably enough of a diehard to know, but he was runner-up for the Ballon d'Or. You don't see a center back win that, uh, that honor very often. Um, although... He and and Liverpool have have taken a step back this year. He has not been as brilliant as he has been in the past. So we'll see. Um, it's going to be a big time matchup: the United States versus the Netherlands on Saturday at nine o'clock. And here's my parting shot to everybody on this: We appreciate you listening to us. We'll be coming back at you with another podcast coming up over the next few days to really prime you for this game on Saturday. Also, don't forget the uh, Mexico takes on Saudi Arabia. The Mexico wash parties down here in the Power and Light District have been absolutely phenomenal as well. Um, this was another moment in history here in Kansas City that just keeps building. And it's Something that I kept telling myself coming into this game today to try not to get too nervous about the outcome of the game and just enjoy it because like life, you know, you're not promised tomorrow. You're never promised tomorrow and nothing else 
we get another one of these. <laughs> you know, I, I'm just so, so happy that we get to do this again. All of us, all of you that have been out here, and we get to do it on a weekend where people that uh, had school today or had work today that couldn't come down here get to be a part of it. It's going to be a madhouse. I don't even know what the weather looks like on Saturday 35. here. 35 degrees, so nice and warm. It's going to be a madhouse. Download your tickets and get here early. That's exactly what I was going to say. Chad's been doing a live update on the, the tickets being scanned and reserved for this game on Saturday. And there are not many left. So hop online right now. Tell your friends. Tell your family. And be here on Saturday because I can tell you right now if you have not been down here yet for this atmosphere for any of the the group stage games you're missing out and I'm sure now by now especially today I've just been like the biggest smile on my face scrolling through social media seeing all of the videos and the photos like if you, you if you think it looks cool I can tell you in person it's 10 times cooler than it actually looks online so be here be a part of this it's unlike anything else you'll experience and it is so damn fun so so live update on tickets uh more than 2400 tickets out in the last hour where do you get them uh sportingkc.com slash wc2022 you can go to seatgeek.com and get them as well they're free it's general admission tickets do not guarantee admission so get here early gates are opening at 7 a.m they might open at 6 30 it is it is nuts down here um in the last 15 minutes we're getting live updates right now 407 tickets out in the last 15 minutes get them now and if you're lucky nape Kitty might take his shirt off again for the flex cam and absolutely break the internet as uncle Santa claus or whatever we're calling that now uh has been just on fire at the power and light district. So, so much fun out here today. A lot of fun games, prizes, giveaways, and again, just watching the U S men's national team alongside your brothers and sisters in soccer. So what gets better than that? And okay, here's a fun little, little nugget. The first time in 92 years that the U.S. men's national team has had multiple shutouts at a World Cup, 1930, was the last and only time. And I think at that point they were playing with a big leather beach ball. So, like, I mean, this is... (laughs) Hey, Matt Turner, though, I mean, like we talked about, the defense has been incredible. And if the offense can, you know maybe have a little bit more output going forward. I think this team uh, could really surprise some people. And again, they're playing with a little bit of house money. They're young and this group doesn't even know what to fear. So that's an exciting place to be. It's already been a success, this trip to the World Cup for these young Yanks, and now it's all gravy going forward and and all kinds of opportunities for people to continue to get to know this exciting group of players. And uh, and I'll just uh, pass along some free advice. People want to know how to get these guns. Haven't touched a weight in over 20 pounds in, in, in about 10 years, Connell. All these people that are spending all this time throwing around heavyweights, you know, have yourself a few kids. You start doing those bicep curls by picking up little kids and chasing them around the house. It's core strength, baby. That's all you need. That's all you need here. And uh, and also just, you know, the anger of yelling at your children fuels you. Uh, and that's uh, that's what's uh, that's the key right there. And you're finding that out yourself with uh, with your young uh, auction, who's uh, a beautiful kid himself. All right. That's going to do it for us. Uh, anything. A lot, it looks like you make a last comment. Okay. You, if you're listening to us, we love you. If you were down here, we love you. 
Um, this and 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 our man Hartzell Gray is 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 lonely hanging out here in the green room with us right now because he is so jacked up from being out on stage and and just feeding off of the fuel of the environment here. Nobody brings energy to this place like he does as well. And we can't wait to see you on Saturday. Stay tuned to Soccer Capital KC on Twitter and the social media channels. They'll be letting you know when our next podcast comes out. We've already had who all have we had on the podcast so far. We've had Benny Failhaber, Matt Beasler, Grant Wall, Seth Sinovic, and, and Diego Gutierrez from Qatar. Also, Peter Vermees with an incredible breakdown as well. Uh, he was the one that told us that we were gonna uh, we were gonna match up with England better than the other games, and he was uh, pretty much right about that as well. So we'll just keep going. Don't worry, we'll find a way. We'll do it, uh, and that's gonna do it for us. And uh, everybody have a great rest of your week. We'll see you Saturday morning here in the Power and Light District.